Hi, I'm Tiffany Roten, and this is Happy Young Adults, Episode 29. Are You Lonely? Welcome to Happy Young Adults. I'm Tiffany Roten, owner of Direct Your Life Coaching. I'm a huge fan of young adults, a mom of five, four of which are young adults, a lover of everything outdoors, and a certified life coach. I'm here to give you tools to feel better, to find more confidence, to feel less stress in your life, and to look to your future with confidence and excitement. Let me help you learn to become a happy young adult. Hi there. How is everything? How's the journey? I hope it's good. You know, today we're going to talk about loneliness, and I think this might be really helpful for you. I I mean, I think all my, I hope all my episodes are helpful, but I don't know. This, this one seems to be a theme that I'm seeing a lot. So did you know that over half of the people ages 16 to 30 report being lonely? In fact, studies, a lot of studies are coming out now showing that young adults are the loneliest group of people on the planet. Isn't that so interesting? So basically one in two of you report being lonely. Well, I have lots of thoughts about this and I want to help you understand more about this and maybe what we can do to change the way you think about this a little bit and also just help you when you do feel lonely, which is something we all naturally feel as humans. Now, first of all, I wanted to kind of define what in my mind loneliness is. Um, It's really in my mind, how connected we want to be versus how connected we actually are. You know, we really learned a lot through COVID. And one of the big things we learned was how important connection really is with other human beings. It is a need that we have as humans. And we also have need to connect with other people. But why? Why is this the case? Well, if you think about human connection, it's really, and it starts when we're born, but we have, we form these bonds, these deep bonds uh, between people and where we feel cared for, valued, seen. Um, and during this connection, we're able to exchange with each other um, feelings and emotions and just get a kind of a sense of belonging and trust. You know, another thing is human connection makes you feel like you're heard and understood. Have you ever talked to somebody and you feel that connection because you feel like, oh, they get me? It gives you kind of a sense of belonging. Now, according to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and maybe some of you have studied this in college or high school, uh, besides food, water, and safety, love and belonging are some of the most important needs we have as humans that we feel And this includes our relationships, intimacy, connecting with others, being a part of groups. When these needs are met, then our overall well-being gets better. And we generally speaking, live a better life. Um, And it also, having these support system helps us overcome a lot of the trials that we have in our life and helps us maintain a little bit better mental health. 
So when you look at COVID and, and you see, you know, there was like a, I can't remember the percentage of increase in depression, anxiety, and lots of other ailments. I, I really do believe that a lot of that came down to um, this, this idea of having these overall, overall well-being because of relationships and intimacy and connection with other people. So if connection is really a big part of our well-being, then why are so many of us so lonely? You know, it's interesting because as far as connection goes, if you want to look virtually at connection, I don't know that we've ever in the history of the world had so much connection with so many people throughout the world. And yet this generation is being reported as the loneliest generation. Now that's really concerning to me. And so I wanted to spend an entire episode today talking about loneliness specifically and trying to give you some ideas that might help with this. So first of all, I want to give you some experience, just my experience with it. I remember when I was 18, I moved out of the house, I'd finished high school, and I started college. To me, to this day, that was probably one of the loneliest times I've ever had in my whole life. I moved into an apartment. I didn't know any of my roommates. Um, I was going to a brand new school. I didn't really know anyone there. I had just left all the associations of my high school friends and my family. And I felt so lonely in those years. But as I look back, the more lonely I became, the more it caused me to kind of become more introverted, go into myself. And it became this cycle. And loneliness just seemed to be part of, of my life at that point. And, you know, I also think that a lack of knowing maybe how to be social, fearing what other people thought of me, you know, maybe worrying about that if I did say something or reach out that people would think I was dumb or that I didn't fit in, it, it really became a problem and it became a vicious cycle to me. And all of us are going to have lonely times in our life. You know, I, as you know, I'm, I'm a lot older than most of you. I remember, um, so that was a really lonely time. I'm having children, being a young mom with little children where I didn't get as much social interaction. And I was too busy with my kids and I felt quite a bit of loneliness in that stage too. And then the other time I really remember is when my kids all have started to leave the nest. And, uh, again, that lack of purpose, you know, here I've spent a lot of my life doing that and suddenly that was gone and I felt a little bit of loneliness. The house was quieter than it had been in 25 years and maybe didn't have, I'd let some of the connections go with people that I love just because I was so busy with kids. So you're going to go through stages of loneliness in your life. Um, I do want to empower you today to know that there are different ways of looking at those things to where maybe they don't create the loneliness, but, but know that there are times we will feel that that's part of being a human. So here's what I want to talk about specifically is what is the difference between being alone and being lonely? So if you think about being alone, being alone is kind of a fact. You are in a place, there's no one else around you. Um, I, I don't know how you would want to describe this, but it's just kind of a state of being, um, you're, you're by yourself, right? But being lonely is more of a choice that we make. It's a feeling we have. It's often caused by the way we think. I know you're shocked that I'm telling you this, right? I never, ever talk about your thoughts, right? 
But thoughts um, such as, I want you to think about what makes you lonely, but these are some of the things maybe I've thought of or I've heard from some of my clients is things like, I have no friends. I have nothing to do. Everyone else is having fun. I'm not accepted. Everyone else is better um, than me. People don't like me. I'm not accepted by a group and on and on. And all of these thoughts are going to make you feel lonely. And I know I've had thoughts throughout my life that have made me think thoughts that make me feel really lonely. And I often still do, right? I, I don't think this is something that we just magically just one day never feel that feeling again, right? But when I think certain ways, I always know I'll feel lonely. But the question then is, is it possible to be alone and not feel lonely? Let's go into that a little bit. This subject's really true to my heart because it is, like I said, it's been a struggle for me. Um, when this really, when I finally learned a different way to look at this, it changed everything for me. And I want to kind of describe um, when that happened and why that happened. So my husband, we've been married for 30 years and he owns a landscaping company. And in the summer, he works about 15 to 18 hour days, really long days. That's when his work is most, um, this is the busiest time of year for him. So I am alone a lot and I have been for a lot of years in the summers. He's gone a lot. And so for years and years and years, I decided to be lonely and I moped and I was sad and I was lonely wishing he was here. And I've done that for so many years until I actually, I can't remember, was it a podcast or I don't remember how I learned this, but I learned that you can be alone and not be lonely and that that was my choice. And I was like, what? So I started trying to figure out all the reasons why sometimes it could be fun to be alone and to have time to yourself. And I started to reframe this whole idea of loneliness and being alone. And so when I, when I did this, um, I turned it into maybe this is good. What, what can I do when I'm alone that I couldn't do when I wasn't? I started discovering a lot about myself and what I liked. Um, and I really decided I was going to work on being, on not being lonely, but being content while being alone. So I started finding reasons that I loved for being alone when it was quiet, when I could think. I just, I, I discovered all kinds of things about myself. It's really interesting when you get quiet and you ask yourself questions, you actually will discover quite a bit. And I discovered that I really have a love for gardening, for exercise. I love watching great documentaries and different series on, on TV. I realized that I could sit in the space of being alone and choose to be happy, calm, excited, whatever emotion I wanted. And the one thing that I noticed was that I was a lot happier when I was creating things like um, creating a garden or, um, you know, creating something. I, I find a lot of joy in creating these podcasts and creating things for my clients that help them, right? But I was happier than when I was consuming like social media and other things. So when I changed this idea and I saw that being alone sometimes could be a gift, it changed everything for me. And all of a sudden, I found myself just choosing to not be lonely so much anymore. I was starting to find ways to enjoy that time and space that I had. 
Now, with my young adult clients, I I often hear they're lonely, and a lot of it is because they're maybe not in a relationship with someone, or they don't know anyone maybe in their dorm or college or whatever. But I hear a lot this this idea of relationships. They're single. They're not married yet, right? And they look at singleness as being this plague. And they, they tell me it's so awful being single. And with these clients, we've talked a lot about reframing this into finding reasons why being single might be awesome. And what are things that you can do while being single that you couldn't do while if you were married, right? And in reframing that, you look at things a little bit differently. And I actually, even now, I like I sometimes when I'm alone, I'll be like, sweet, I can watch whatever I want. I can eat whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. But before I'd be like moping around the house. But anyway, there are things that you can do while you are single that you can't necessarily do when you're married. I have this great friend and she's, I think, 27 or 28 and she uh, is single and she is not unhappy about that. She said, someday I hope to find someone, but until then I'm just going to live and enjoy life. And she told me recently, she has four friends, they're all single and they're planning this trip to Europe and they're going to London and Paris and Italy and Spain and all these places. And she's got this whole lineup of things they're going to do. And she said, you know, Tiffany, if I was married and, and, and it's not to say that when you get married, you can't do those things, but oftentimes things change. I know for me, when I got married, suddenly I was, we didn't have a lot of money and we were busy trying to get each other through school. But so there's, you know, she's able to do this and she's really happy about it and excited. And she's not the type to sit around and be sad. I'm sure she has feelings of loneliness. We all do, but she's just making the most of her life while she's single. So Here's what I want to do. I want to give you four ideas of things you can do to get yourself out of this mindset that you're lonely all the time. And I'm hoping this will really help you reframe life a little bit so that you can find more joy. So number one, and I hate to harp on this, but it really is an issue I see so often. And that is reducing your social media. I'm not saying get off of it. I'm not saying that at all, but I am saying reduce it some because it's, it's so interesting to me, uh, you know, at a time when we have so much social media that's never existed before on the earth, we, where we seem like we're connecting with lots of people. I watch my kids, they're snapping, they're tweeting, they're doing all the things, right? But how disconnected we can be and we feel and how lonely we feel. And it's interesting. So I think some of this might be caused by FOMO. We get out on social media, we see what everybody else is doing, and we see how fun everybody's life is. And we look at our own and we and we see that we don't do anything fun. We don't travel. We don't have a million friends. We don't go to all these parties. And suddenly we feel really lonely. We feel isolated and we feel disconnected. And the ironic thing, and I do this as well, is that we, when we do feel lonely, one of the things we reach for is what? Social media. And we think that this is somehow going to fill this, this emotion of loneliness, this need that we have to connect with other people. But I think we have enough research now, cell phones have been out enough to show that virtually connecting with people is not even close to being the same as human interaction. It doesn't feel the same. It doesn't fill our buckets the same. Um, with the same type of feelings that it would if we're out with friends laughing and talking and connecting and being a part of something. 
again, I'm not saying social media is bad. I use social media, but sometimes I do scroll and I see people's posts and sometimes I DM friends and I, uh, I have snap too. And it, it, you know, I am connecting in some degree you are, but if we're using this as the main way to connect with people, I'm pretty sure we're going to feel lonely. So when you get in this situation with people, and I see this a lot too, where I, I see, you know, friends at dinner, I see friends, I even see my own young adults as they're over here with friends. And I will sometimes walk in the room and they are all on their phones instead of talking and interacting and being apart, they're all on their phones. And I know I've done this before, so I'm, I'm guilty as well. But when you see this, I want you to look around and if you're not connecting, say, Hey, everybody, let's put our phone down. Let's play a game. Let's, let's talk about this, do something fun together and let the phones go and just be in that moment and connect. And, and then when, you know, as we talk about connection, I want you to think about what this real connection is. I want you to ask yourself, am I listening? And, you know, some of us are good listeners. Some of us aren't, but am I listening? Am I being heard? That creates connection. Am I seen as my true self or are you trying to be something you're not? Do I listen? Do I talk? Do I interact? Do I ask questions? Do I learn things from people? Am I validating other people for the way they feel? Am I sharing things? Am I being vulnerable? Those are the things that really create connection with us. And I also want you to ask yourself, are you your true self when you're on social media or are you pretending to be something you're not? That could be another reason why we don't connect. Okay. Enough about that. Number two, I want you to find things that you enjoy or new hobbies that you can explore. Are there things that you wish you knew how to do or are there things that you really enjoy doing? For heaven's sakes, we live in the age of Google and YouTube. You can learn anything. I love YouTube. I always get on and learn new things, but being willing to try new things, to explore new avenues, new hobbies, it's a great way to find joy. And what you're doing is you're living in the now and you're not looking in the lack, right? You're creating, you're learning versus this consuming. And creating really expands my mind and my heart. It makes me feel really good to create. Consuming, oftentimes I feel lonely or empty. So when my husband was gone, I wanted to learn how to garden. And I had not grown up with a garden and I didn't know how to do that. And so I looked online and granted, this was many years ago when we didn't have the availability of YouTube and things, but I got on some community classes in the, in the community on growing a garden. I bought books and, and different things. And, um, I learned, I started learning. And over the years, like, I, I gotta tell you, I'm a pretty dang good gardener people. Like I can grow lots of cool food and it's, it's really fun for me to just keep experimenting with that. So that was a love I didn't know I had, but it is for me now. And I love a summer evening when it cools off and I go out in my garden and I just, I just think it's like meditating. It's just like being with myself and my own thoughts. And I love it. So another thing, when I first got married, I didn't really know how to cook at all. Um, I, I just, had never really watched my mom. I was always gone. I was busy as a teenager and a young adult. 
and I couldn't cook. And I really wanted to do that. And so I found some free classes again being held. But now, I mean, heavens, you guys have got YouTube and all these and, and Instagram and all of these recipes and blogs. And oh my goodness, you have so much that I didn't have. But again, I took some classes. I, I found out I really enjoyed cooking. And so I'd experiment. And my husband said to me once, he's like, every night I come home and I never know the new experiment you're going to try on me with this new dish. But most of the time he really liked it. And we like had this rating system and whatever. But anyway, it was just a love that I found. One other thing that I found was um, a friend offered me this book and I'll tell you what it is. It's called Eden Brook. And um, I bought it and she says, you've got to read this. And I'd never, ever read that genre. It's the Regency era some of you love probably and some of you don't and that's okay but i i had never read anything like that and that this book oh my gosh i read it at least once or twice a year because i just love it so much but i didn't realize i had this joy and it was fun and i escape and now i'm like oh my gosh i'm by myself i just want to read and so and you can't even believe how many books i own in that genre now and so instead of loneliness i just choose to read i choose to garden i choose to cook i choose to do and there's lots and lots of other things too so um the the other night i was uh alone and so i thought huh i, I you know i'd heard of a few series out on Netflix that I really wanted to explore. And so I found this documentary and it was so fascinating. I learned so much and I really enjoyed it. And I didn't feel one bit lonely for one second. So I want you to explore things that you've always wanted to do. Don't choose loneliness. Choose to go out and find something. The third one is to be the one to reach out. The thing that's fascinating to me is if one in two people in the United States is lonely, and I would probably guess that's worldwide, there's a pretty good chance that if you reach out to someone, they're lonely too. And often we wait for someone to call call us, invite us, whatever. I've asked myself sometimes why I don't reach out. And maybe it's because I have thoughts that they won't want to, or they'll feel obligated, or they won't like me, or I don't know, maybe I fear rejection because sometimes I do that. But pay really close attention to what you're thinking and why you don't reach out if you don't. What's the reason behind that? Um, rarely the interesting thing is rarely I'm, I'm reject, am I rejected? Most of the time I'm not. Most of the time people are like, yeah. And even if, uh, and I don't really consider it rejection because again, that's a choice whether I choose to feel rejected, but I have this, I have a couple of friends that I'll text to go exercise and sometimes they'll say yes. And sometimes they'll be like, sorry, I'm too busy today. And I don't make that mean anything. I'm like, yeah, okay. Sounds good. And I just go on my way, right? It's it's it doesn't mean that they don't like me or want to do anything. They're just like, listen, I'm busy. Um. So you, you know how many times I've reached out or invited to activities, and so many have responded. Why? Because I think most people love to be invited. They love to be a part. They love to belong. So why don't we be become the person that makes it happen? Why don't we reach out? We invite. We make our lives happen instead of sitting around hoping someone's going to invite us and feel included. I have a daughter that is so good this way. She loves to go and do bonfires. They love to go and do fun things, but she'll just like put on group text. Hey, who wants to go out for a bonfire tonight? And it's interesting. She'll be like, okay, you know, people respond. Oh, I want to, I want, okay, you bring hot dogs and you bring this and you bring that. And let's, let's meet at nine. It's that simple. And she puts it on a group text. And so anyway, she always has so many friends and I'm always admiring her. 
Um, a few years ago, I had a friend tell me these phrases that have really helped me interacting socially because I think some of us struggle socially. I, I get that I have in my life. Um, but here's some thoughts. I'm not for everyone. Not everyone's going to love me. It's okay. Um, another thought I have of, of course, people want to be my friend. Why wouldn't they? Like I'm, I'm a decently nice human being. Why wouldn't they want to be my friend? And when I think things like that, it helps me be more confident. I reach out like, yeah, if I reach out there, they're totally going to want to go. They're going to totally want to do things. And I just get to assume that they would love to do something with me. And if there's people that don't, well, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm just not for everyone. Some people might not choose to be my friend and that's okay. I'm just not their style, right? So reach out, call your family, parents, cousins, siblings, reach out, ask them how they are. Be, be that person that reaches out. And the fourth thing is serve and get outside of yourself. There are so many people in this world in need of our love, our attention, and our help. And if we really look around, we can fill our lives with connections with people who need us. I have several older people that live in my neighborhood and I love these people. They're mostly women and I reach out to them almost uh, a lot and it makes me feel so good. I don't feel lonely when I reach out to them and when I go by and see how they are or take them a cookie. I have a friend who's that way. She is constantly helping other people. She assumes that everyone would love a loaf of bread, a phone call, a text, um, a visit. And she's not stopped by her worries that they, maybe they'll think she's weird or dumb for stopping by. And one thing that I've noticed is she's so happy and she's rarely lonely and everyone loves her. She always has a big smile and that smile blesses other people. She would, you would never know that her husband has stage four lung cancer and may not live very long. You just see her reaching out and finding joy with other people. She finds her happiness in getting out of her own worries and her own misery and, and her potential loneliness and just serves. So it's so cool. A few years ago, I was feeling really lonely and without purpose in my own life. And my kids were leaving in droves. It just felt like, holy cow, my whole life is changing. And I couldn't figure out what to do. And I don't remember how I found this out, but I saw a need that they had at the food food pantry to help stock shelves and prepare food boxes for people who need needed help. And so I decided I wanted to try it out. And so I got outside of myself. I signed up online and I went down and I became friends with those people who worked there and people who came that needed help. I be, I became friends. I didn't have time to be lonely. Every time after I left my shift, I felt so good. And there's something about serving somebody else that fills your own heart with joy. I have a neighbor who has a debilitating disease. She can't process food. She's skinny, skin and bones. And that doesn't allow her to do much more than lay on the couch. She has no energy. She lays in her bed a lot from day to day. And I'm sure that she experiences loneliness, but I'm amazed at what she does even for her from her bed. She oftentimes I'll get a text from her telling me that she loves me, that she's thinking about me. She's thinking about my kids. She's written me letters and postcards. And I know she does this for a lot of people in our neighborhood, letting them know how much she loves them. And I'm just so impressed with her. She's in pain all the time, but even then she gets outside of herself for a minute. She feels a little bit less lonely and she serves other people. It's so amazing. You guys getting outside yourself and helping someone else is going to help you feel less lonely and it helps them feel less lonely too. Doesn't it? Okay. So again, we've talked about reducing your social media, finding new habits and hobbies, 
reaching out to other people, being the one to initiate and serving others. Those are four ways that are really going to help you if you're feeling lonely. It might help you feel a little less lonely. And one last piece of advice. All of us will have times that we're lonely. And I've said this a hundred times already. Sometimes it's just okay to feel what we feel and don't make it mean anything. Processing through that emotion of loneliness, asking yourself some questions, learning to just allow loneliness to be there, feel it, allow it, breathe, let it go. And learn that being lonely is part of the human experience. It's okay. It doesn't mean anything personally. Give yourself some love, some grace, some curiosity when you're feeling that way. And realize this is an emotion everyone feels and it's okay. So when you're alone, when you're alone, learn to be alone and don't choose loneliness. You can if you want, but I want you to see it's a choice. Find all the ways in which being alone could be good. Find others who are lonely. And really in changing the way you think about it will have impact on you and your emotions and how you show up in your day. So I want you to reach out if you're ever feeling lonely and let's get you feeling better. Go to Tiffany at directyourlifecoaching.com. And until then, we will see you soon. Bye. Are you in need of a life coach? Everyone needs someone to talk to, someone who doesn't judge you, someone who is safe and listens to understand. What if that someone was me? If you want to find confidence and a new way to look at your life, come, let me help you. Go to directyourlifecoaching.com. But just a warning, you will never be the same again.